Has your company just gone public, giving you a sudden influx of wealth? Have you been saving for the future and want to be sure you're managing wisely? Congratulations, and welcome to Wealth Unlocked with Tom Selbo of Landmark Wealth Management Group. Tom offers guidance to help you make the big decisions surrounding your finances, avoid costly mistakes, and build a strong financial foundation for your future. Let's get started. Congress ended 2022 with a gift for us, a new larger version of the SECURE Act. Now, the newer legislation is only about 4,000 pages long, and it includes some 100 new provisions. Why should people planning for retirement care? Well, Tom Selbo is here to tell you why. I'm Patrice Sikora. Uh, Tom, this SECURE 2.0 measure is more than just an update, correct? It, it really is. And Congress they they pass new laws all the time but a lot of times it's uh they're minor it's like it's like a new side dish with your your main course <laughs> or a new dessert so instead of well instead of ice cream now we're having cake and it's uh it's still sweet it's not a big deal but we uh this this secure act 2.0 i mean it's really a a whole new meal and there's a lot in there to unpack and as i was Thinking about what I was going to share today, I was thinking about it last night at our dinner table. I think last time I shared a food story at the dinner table too. I, I don't know. My, my best thoughts <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> food works. must food come then. Works. But so my, my oldest son, we have we have this staple kind of a couple times a month, we'll make a core dish in, in our house and we call it mushroom kale pasta. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is really just what it sounds like we you kind of saute up the mushrooms and the kale and the onions and uh, add some sauce and garlic and toss some noodles in with in with it sounds good uh, yeah it really is and and the kids love it and it's a for me it's a i'm always looking for painless ways to eat kale and (laughs) that that, that's a pretty painless way to eat kale (laughs) okay yes so mushroom kale pasta it's all mixed together and i so when i serve it to my oldest son, I put it on his dish, and I've learned, I've learned better by now. But it's all kind of mixed together, and what he does is he will often go in and he will separate all the different components of the dish. So he'll take the noodles, put them in one section. Oh, wow. He'll move the mushrooms, put them on another part of the plate. The kale on another, and he kind of separates it out. And once he does that. Then he's ready to go. He can, mm. and I don't know what it is about uh, little kids or just people in general, but some people like their food separated. Yeah, yeah. Many yeah. little kids do like that. They want it in separate places. You're right. Yeah. So now I'm not cruel. I, I help him and I separate it for him, and it, it's all good. But I, I was thinking about that and the Secure Act 2.0. I mean, it's really a, it's like this whole new casserole that they've put on our plate. And right now, everybody's picking through it, trying to figure out okay, what, what the heck is in here. <laughs> We're like, That's I, a great I think analogy, great. It's like I think this looks good. Uh, it, it smells okay, um, but what's really in here? And and so, it, me as an advisor, our whole team at Landmark, the industry at large, has just been uh, picking through uh, all of the legislative legislative changes, and. There's a lot to unpack there, 
But for today, in the format we have, I'm not going to go through all of the nuances, but I did want to bring to you all some highlights of the Secure Secure Act 2.0. And I'm going to break it into two two demographics. So there's going to be a handful of things that are very relevant for those of you in or near retirement. Okay, so starting with people who are already in or near retirement. The biggest thing that's out there that it, that at least a lot of people are hearing about is the change to what are called required minimum distributions. Mm-hmm. And as a quick recap, what required minimum distributions are, they're, they are, well, they are what they are. They are required distributions that have to come out of pre-tax money that savers may have accumulated during their working years. So those of you who have 401ks or IRAs, SEP IRAs, those are all accounts where you have not paid taxes yet. And under old law, you had until age 72 until you were required to take distributions from those accounts. Under the new Secure 2.0 changes, now starting this year in 2023, you don't need to start those until age 73. So you have a, there's a, a delaying in the, you, you can extend the time before you're required to take money out. And furthermore, in the year 2033, 10 years from now, that age doesn't start until age 75. So why, why is that important? There, there's a variety of ramifications, but this is a big one. And I'll just frame it in the context of when, when you enter retirement, I like to think of distribution phases or different phases you have in retirement. For example, if you retire at age 60, you won't be able to start Medicare until age 65. So you have this phase of five years where you need to bridge from age 60 to 65. The next phase is often from age 65 until you start Social Security. Uh, more and more people are delaying that till later and later ages, and there's good reason to do so. But you have that sort of second phase. And for a lot of individuals, the third phase is when they hit the required minimum distribution age, which is now 73, as I mentioned. So it changes the planning phases for retirement and the income phases and provides additional planning opportunities for things like Roth conversions, or when do you take money from your pre-retirement accounts versus Roth accounts versus after-tax accounts. So that, that that's one of the big changes there that you'll hear most about. And it, it is a big change. So I wanted to highlight that one front and center. Now, a couple other items for those who are in or near retirement already. There Starting in two years, in 2025, individuals who are age 60 through 63 years old are going to have an increase in the catch-up contributions that they can make to 401k accounts. Uh, Under old law, those who were 50 or older could contribute uh, an additional 7,500. Under this new law, when you again starting a couple years from now, that increases to ten thousand for those age sixty to sixty three. So it's a way for those who are right on that cusp of starting to retire 
to be able to really supercharge your savings in those those last working years there. And tied in with that, but slightly different, is on IRA accounts. Currently, there's catch-up contributions for those age 50 or older at $1,000. And that amount has been steady for years and years and years. Even though the the contribution limits have raised a little bit with inflation, the catch-up has not. But Mm -hmm. starting in 2024, that catch-up contribution is actually going to get indexed to inflation as well. So you'll have this, uh, if we have inflationary periods, increased catch-up contribution opportunities in your your later working years. I'm sorry, these could actually change, Tom, based on it? Yes. So those amounts starting next year, they they will change. So if inflation keeps uh, moving higher, as it tends to do over time, the amount you can contribute will automatically get indexed to that amount and you'll be able to add more to those retirement accounts. Okay, very good. So you've got uh, catch-up charges, you've got the RMD changes, uh, and you mentioned Roths. What about Roths? Yeah, so the last item I want to highlight for those who are are in or near retirement is there there is now a provision where your employer can actually match your Roth contributions with Roth or after-tax money. And why that's important is under previous law, even if you were contributing to a Roth 401k portion of your employer plan, if your employer was matching that, they would have to match it with pre-tax money. So even if you were contributing after-tax money, getting it into that Roth account, which is great because you get the tax-free growth, tax-free withdrawals, the employer portion previously had to go to the traditional or pre-tax portion of that plan. Under the new law, that's no more. If you make a Roth contribution, the employer can make an after-tax Roth contribution on your behalf as well. But now quick question, who is paying the tax on that? Is it the employee or the employer? Yeah, and that's the fascinating part where right now, as we are, we're uh, again, back to our analogy, picking through the uh, the casserole that's been put on our plate. Nobody is clear on that yet. So that's one of those things that uh, the IRS needs mm-hmm. to uh, to create clarity for, for individuals and all of us in the industry. All right. Got that. What else have you got there? This is like you say, it's a casserole. So I'm not even sure which piece of it you want to go to next. Yeah. So I'm just going to, th- those were the three items for that I wanted to highlight for those in or very close to retirement, the changes to RMDs, higher catch-up contributions, and matching employer funds for Roth accounts. What I want to do now is pivot to some of the changes that are more relevant for those who are years away from retirement. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the provisions that was put in is that it requires businesses that are adopting new employer-sponsored plans like 401ks or 403bs to automatically enroll employees starting at a contribution rate of 3%. And this goes into effect two years from now. And why this is important is, especially as our economy changes and there's more and more people changing jobs frequently, you think about the gig economy and this just 
provides a much easier way for those individuals to be automatically saving for their future. Mm-hmm. So it's a great thing to be aware of. It's just to be aware that yes, you you will be automatically enrolled in these and your a portion of your earnings will be going to those plans. And tied closely in with that is they there's going to be a provision that makes it much much easier for individuals to transfer their old 401k accounts into a new employer 401k 401k account which is again it's it's especially useful for those who switch jobs a lot and why i see this as a good thing is twofold but i'll highlight one i've seen a lot of younger workers in particular where they start a job they might even start their 401k and a year or two later they they leave the job and go somewhere else. Now they have this old 401k sitting out there that say it has $5,000 in it. And what you want to be doing is either rolling that into an IRA or moving it to your new employer's retirement plan so you can continue to grow on that retirement savings. But with those smaller account balances, what often happens is individuals just take the easy road and they just cash it out. Hmm. And it's just a very tempting thing to do to say, Oh, I've, yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to go on this vacation. I'm just going to, yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm just going to cash it out. So this new provision makes it much easier to transfer those smaller balances to your new employer and uh, it helps you avoid some of those pitfalls along the way, such as, paying those early withdrawal penalties and dipping into your future savings. I, personally, I think that's a great option for people, a great new function within the the act here. Because you say a lot of people, they look at that little bit of money and say, oh, it's not much, I'll take it out. But that little bit of money, once you put it into an account, let it continue to grow, that little bit of money could be a lot of money later on. Yes, I mean, for those 20 and 30-year-olds out there, yeah. I mean, if you look at small pieces of money that are invested over decades, it's um, it's astounding mm-hmm. what you're giving up by cashing those in early. And sure, you may take a vacation to get a nice tan, but the tan doesn't last 30 years. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So you, you've got those new provisions there, uh, which, which are great. Uh, another one I'll highlight for those younger workers is... In the planning world, you always hear you need an emergency fund. You want to have some money in the bank that's easily accessible, that's not in the market, so it's not going to fluctuate. And its purpose is to be there for emergencies. Its purpose is to be there if you lose a job, if you have an unexpected uh, medical or automobile repair bill, something like that. And under the SECURE Act 2.0, There are provisions that are put in there where employer plans like 401ks, they can open up a separate section of the plan to allow for emergency savings. Hmm. And it it goes into an account that's much like a Roth where it's after tax, it's going to grow tax-free. You're you're limited to only $2,500 per year that you could put into that emergency component but the 
the key here and the great part of this is that you can take four withdrawals per year from that portion of the account and it would be tax and penalty free no matter what your age when you take it so it's an additional incentive to save not just for retirement but for those shorter term emergencies so that if you do have and should i say when you do have those unexpected job losses or expenses you're going to have a portion of your money in the emergency savings portion of your 401k so you can allow your retirement savings to grow for the long term as we just talked about so great little nuances and spices that they threw into there uh, in this this new secure act 2.0 and the last one i'll talk about for those who are a ways away from retirement, and this is one of my favorite changes they've made, is they have made a, a change to what are called 529 college savings mm -hmm. plans. Right. And 529 plans, they've been around for a long time, but it's a way for people to save for their children's or grandchildren's education, where you can put money in, it'll grow tax-free and come out on a tax-free, tax-advantaged basis if used for qualifying education expenses. And as a planner and somebody who helps individuals and families figure out the financial road ahead, I've always used those 529 plans as a great tool for college planning. But we've always had this hesitation, I have, when people ask how much of the college expense should we be saving for in the 529? And generally speaking, I would always say as a rule of thumb, it's a good idea to quantify what you're going to need to spend for your child's education and save about half of it in the 529. And by recommending that, I was hedging a little bit because what you're what you're hedging for in the planning world in the old old world is that if they don't go to college or don't use it, and there's not another family member is going to use it, that money is going to be penalized when it comes out later if it's not used for education. So you always wanted to hedge and say, well, what if they get scholarships and they don't use it? So save half. Now, that's a, a long uh, preface to the change where now with the Secure Tech Act 2.0, plan participants can convert their 529 plan dollars to a Roth IRA if the money's not used for education. And that is a massive benefit and a massive incentive for, for families to save for their children's college and not worry about all of the what ifs. What if they get the scholarship? What if they don't go to school? It, because if they don't, you can take that money and there are, there's more nuance to it, but you can convert it to a Roth IRA in their name and give them a great boost to their, their future retirement savings. So you'll, there's an additional way to avoid that penalty. Yeah. The nuance there, I think, is that people should realize it has to be in their name. Exactly. So it, that that's the one that's there, and it's a great benefit. I'm glad to see that pass through, and it, it changes the conversation when it comes to education planning. 
So those are the six things I wanted to highlight. Three for those who are in or near retirement. Three for those of us who are maybe many years from retirement. There's a lot more to the SECURE Act that's out there. But if you take nothing else from, from this conversation, I would have you take this. Just a reminder that financial planning and your financial plan is is not a set it and forget it scenario. It's a things in your life change, the markets change. And in this case, every so often the laws change and your financial plan needs to be nimble enough and it needs to change with the changing environment around it. And with all of the nuances here in the Secure Act 2.0, don't get caught in the details. It's not your job to know the ins and outs of all of that. That's my job. That's the job of uh, of me and my team here at Landmark. But just know that you can come to us and we have not only the knowledge of what is in the Secure Act 2.0, but we have how to apply that knowledge which my, my mentor, Daryl, would just say, knowledge is great, but knowledge applied is wisdom. And at Landmark, we have a lot of wisdom to share on how we can apply a lot of these changes to your personal scenario. And how can people reach you, Tom? Because obviously they need to. Yes. Yeah, so to reach me, feel free to shoot me an email, tomselbo at landmarkwealth.net. Or you can check us out on our website, landmarkwealth.com. And if you find this information helpful, of course, follow or subscribe to the podcast. But most of all, be sure to share it with others. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Unlocked podcast with Tom Selbo. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. And follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at Landmark Wealth for all podcast updates. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Landmark Wealth Management Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.